0: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You are listening to Three Valleys Radio.
2: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Manner, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead.
1: Stansfield, good turn away from Tron. Go! Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Glover's Cast with me, Ian Perkins, on Three Valleys Radio. Tonight, or today, or whenever you are listening to this episode, I am joined by two Daves. Today we've got Dave Coates. Good evening. Good morning. (laughs) And Mr. The Pun-Believable Three Valleys Radio pundit, Dave (laughs) Pryor, back in the hot seat. How are you doing, Dave? You okay? Yeah, really good,
0: lad. Really good. Glad to be here. Playing uh, playing playing the Ben Banner Barrett role this evening.
1: Wow.
3: I'm gonna say. Let's he's see. been banned, is he, for his <laughs> terrible puns as well. Quite right.
0: Quite <laughs> right. Well oh, well I, I was listening to the was it the last podcast where he said that yeah, that's it for him. Thanks for thanks for being on because of um bacon sandwich gates. <laughs> and yet here we are recording it this evening and he's not here, so maybe he's being true to his word, lads. So I don't I don't Yeah
3: toys are out the pram.
1: Yeah, it's a hill he's willing to die on um but seriously ben, Ben's that, working yeah. yeah go on mate sorry
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say how do you feel about being the uh you know what kind of sauce would you put on this particular Dave sandwich that you're having to enjoy this
1: evening <laughs> uh, there's a question <laughs> I think this, the less said the better with that one I've I been think thinking
0: really... of that one all day
1: <laughs> Where well, do we go with that <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> should we talk about the football I yeah, let's. that is what this podcast is about. Uh, no matter what you try to make it, Dave Pryor. Um, <laughs> right. So we won, uh, Coatey. We were talking about Solihull's away record on the last podcast, yeah. and they did not disappoint on Tuesday night, did they?
3: They didn't, and and, and nor did we. Did we? We, um, yeah, we looked uh, a completely different side, which uh, will obviously get Mister Pryor's view as to it. But we did speculate on the on the Sunday pod or the Monday pod that um, uh, would Solihull be a completely different team uh, from the one that we played on Saturday? And I think the answer was yes. But I think the answer was we were a completely different team as well. But we did they did start well, though, I thought, Solihull. I remember after 10 or 15 minutes thinking, are we really unfit or are they really fit? Because they seem to be just as they were on Saturday, just absolutely flying into everything. Um and a you know, a yard or two ahead of us. So I don't know what happened uh in the sort of like the second and third third of the um of of the game. But Dave, you were there, you can probably tell
0: us better. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with that to be honest. As soon as they, they right from kickoff, they were sort of right right into Yeovil's box and I was thinking, okay, hello. They're definitely, as you would expect, tells up after a five one 5-1 win but as uh, soon as after about 10-15 minutes the game just sort of started to to level out a little bit then even quite early on and then as soon as you know Yeovil managed to get the likes of Nerfield and, and Knowles into the game I felt like they were really really key and I don't know if you guys picked up on this but there was a few times that we mentioned it in commentary that Especially with Knowles and with Nerfville, they was about Solivil almost. They didn't almost double up on them. They tripled up on them uh, quite a few times, even in the first half, and certainly in the second half. So they could certainly tell that they were the danger men, and I certainly felt that they were the were the key in sort of uh, getting Yeovil very much on the front foot. And um, it was the quickly show, wasn't it? After then,
1: yeah, it really yeah. was um, a perfect hat trick for the big man. And uh, that took him into double figures for the season, which I think a lot of the Dagenham fans would have laughed at us when we sort of thought that would be a good uh, achievement for Joe in his first head season. Head on a stick,
3: they called him, didn't they? Head on a stick he was going to be.
1: They did, in his head. Well, quite
0: it, quite the head on the stick when it came to yeah. that. Um, well, are we calling it... A- a diving header in free play. I suppose we are, aren't we? <laughs> a it was like a face plant. Yeah.
3: <laughs> when he got it? He got, he got his head to it, and then just like face planted clanked it into the back of the net.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was a...
0: a it was a strange one, wasn't it? It was a really strange one. I wasn't. I couldn't quite tell uh, from where from where we were sitting whether it actually went over the line to start with. But I think there was an angle they showed uh, later on. I think it came out today, or possibly late yesterday, where they had a camera right on the on the goal line, and uh, I don't think it was. It was a really good save by Ryan Boot, to be fair, because uh, quickly tried to sort of give him the eyes a little bit and didn't he, and went down the middle. But luckily for him, it just came straight back out at him. How'd you like them? Lovely old job. It was funny. Uh, he said in his
3: post match, didn't he, about how uh, they. It was brought up that he missed the penalty against Dover earlier in the season and didn't get at <laughs> trick. So, and then he said when it was the perfect at trick, he said, "Yeah, that's. Uh, I missed it." Uh, hit, hit it off the bar just so I could head it in, you know, just to get the perfect perfect hat trick start. I mean, yeah, so.
0: exactly. It wouldn't have been a perfect hat trick, would it? Because I wasn't. Nice. I was trying to think back, like with with that second goal, because the second goal I think was such a good finish, and mm. I I think I lost it a little bit in commentary. I Remember screaming and thinking, "That that was just such a lovely piece of play between uh, it was um, Dickinson, wasn't it, down the left?" And it wasn't yeah. just about. Uh, his hold-up play um, for for quickly. There was lots of little, delicate little touches in behind. He's a, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to have to say it for a big man, he's got a great touch, but he definitely proved it uh, on Tuesday. It was such a lovely goal and then the the third, I mean, the confidence was up, wasn't it? And then, how would you like him? Right on the bounce, six yards out and I think it's safe to say that he absolutely buried it.
1: I thought it was interesting after, after the game what the manager said. Um, that they'd sort of uncoached Joe from all of the things that previous managers would have taught him uh, to sort of build him up again and bring out all his strengths. And I think one of the things we thought at the start when he signed was that, you know, this is the target man, we're going to start playing it long. And it was like the total opposite. And, you know, he's renewed his contract now for another couple of years and hopefully we're going to get the best out of him now like it, it feels like there's a real big opportunity for him to lead the line for us and prove that he's proven that he's more than just a head on a stick and you know that i think that second goal and his third goal perfect examples of you know his um his diversity as a footballer and what he's capable of doing
0: yeah it was kind of twofold i felt that um that you've got uh, a situation where you know, I, I think the announcement was, you know, you get a hat-trick, so there's definitely the time to announce that uh, we signed a two-year deal, and I think that will be a big boost for everyone going forward. But um, it's quite, I wasn't quite sure what to make of Darren's comments to start with, because it's quite, I think I want to lean towards saying that it's refreshing to hear that a manager said that he's actually had to uncoach um if you like, um, some of the bad habits that you'd obviously picked up. But I just wondered if, you know, throwing it out to both of you, whether that's something that maybe, manage- I mean, it's easy for us to say it. We don't really know what, what happens on, you know, on the daily basis on the training ground. But whether that's something that maybe managers don't always necessarily look to do, because I just think that some of the, you know, some of the players that have been and gone at Yeovil where, you know, we've touched upon that. Players that have come down to yoga hasn't quite worked out for them, and they've gone on to bigger and better things. That maybe similar happened to those players that they were actually coached a certain way, and then they were told actually these bad habits that you're picking up. Uh, actually, try this, do something a little bit different. I just wonder if there might be uh, examples. There probably are examples of players that um, could have had a more of a successful spell at Yeovil, with maybe if we had had that kind of line of thinking, if uh, Darren had been in charge at that point.
3: I wonder about uh, Kiefer Moore. It's an obvious one, isn't it? As a big, as a big man. But I remember when he came in from Dorchester Town. I think it was we signed him from. Again, everybody saw this big, big lad up front and thought, yeah. well, he's going to be the target man. He's going to be, you know, the Warren Patmore of his uh, of his of his day. But we discussed it the 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 other week. Even Warren Patmore had, uh, you know, a lot more to his game than just being big. I wonder whether it's that. I mean with more i always think to myself i think leaving us and going to i think he went to norway after he left us but that that almost might sound ridiculous but could have been the making of him because he'd obviously got a professional contract, and then he was cast out into the wilderness, and maybe that gave him the uh, the lift he needed. So I I do wonder about the you know he could have done what he's done for other clubs for us, but he's probably won because we you know we played him everywhere, didn't we? I think he was on the wing. He was centre back. He was every so it, it probably was his size that people saw. So that might be an example of the, um, I think Darren Sarr called it caveman techniques, didn't he? had yes, to coach he out the caveman techniques. But I do remember seeing Joe Quigley at the start of last season, uh, East, uh, August Spank Holiday, when we played at Dagenham. And he actually scored the winner against us. or yeah. He might have scored twice against us that game. Um, and he was a head on a stick. <laughs> you know, he was a big man up front. But like you say, we've seen glimpses of it all uh, um all season with him, that he's got more to him than that. But I think, yeah, Tuesday night was the, um, was the, uh, yeah, definitely the cherry on top of the cake. But he's been... Sorry,
0: yeah. uh, go on, Dave. Know, I... oh, oh, two Daves. <laughs> <laughs> <Coaty>. <laughs> which, one, which one do you want,
1: Ian? <laughs> oh Coats, Coats, he was on a on a roll, I think. <laughs> Sorry, Powell, Carry on. Well, no, I was just gonna,
3: I was just gonna ask you guys a, a question with regards to uh, to Solihull because I, I don't know, Dave, if you saw the Solihull game from from saturday i mean i rely on ben and ian to give me tactical analysis because i am just a rumor conjecture and a bit of opinion that's all i bring to this podcast <laughs> but the, uh, um but but i don't know what did you think what changed about them between their home performance
0: away performance because they were so much better than a study i thought yeah well it's it's a it's a difficult one isn't it because you've only got a three-day turnaround um with Playing the same opposition, and Yeovil, and I'm sure Solihull and other teams would have had it before, where they've had to, with this crazy season with COVID, etc. Well documented that you end up having these sort of double headers within the space of you know 48, 72 hours, what whatever it is. And uh, so interestingly, um, Solihull, as you would expect, uh, obviously unchanged from that from that five-one win. So from their perspective, um, the manager just must be thinking it's probably in a in a microcosm, exactly why they are where they are, because um, you know they've got they've got big players. So, I mean, Adam Rooney couldn't even get onto the, you know, get into the starting eleven, which just shows that the strength yeah. that they have got uh, at Solihull. But um the manager must be completely thinking, but well, that was such almost a, an almost perfect performance against Yeovil Town on Saturday. So then, you know, like you touched on Coatesy, it started well and mm-hmm. then just kind of fell apart around them, and then on the flip side of that, you you can expect Yeovil's performance to be much better because once you have a damaging defeat like that, certainly in terms of scoreline, I think the only thing that you can look to do, you know, as a player, as a professional, with coaching staff, is like, right, we, we can't have that again. So we've got to be on the front foot. We've got to be putting the tackles in. We've got to have that aggression. And uh, Josh Thornton also mentioned it in commentary. That um, he was impressed with how they he felt that, that on Saturday they they didn't really they didn't really dig in they sort of uh, stood off a little bit on those individual battles and he would noticed that straight away that that was completely changed uh, on on the game on Tuesday and I just think once you've got these this craziness of the season and how 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 close together how bunched together these head to head battles head to head games have been I think you just get these crazy Crazy kind of one game, you're absolutely on top of the world on flying, and then just a few few days later, it's completely on its head. So it's a bit difficult to kind of pinpoint it this year, I think.
3: Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, uh, it's a good. Uh, we 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 had another one within seventy two hours with uh, with Knox County. Obviously, that yeah. so slightly different as well, wasn't it? With that um with that that double header, but we, we've obviously given Joe Quigley a um a, a, a good shout out and quite rightly. But can I give a shout out for Chris Dagnall as well? as the as the aging man of this podcast, I'm gonna <laughs> give a shout out to the over thirty fives. Um and Darren pointed out in his post match he's vegan he's a vegan as well. I he know, said him, yeah. yeah veganism we all should have a bit of it if you play like that. But he was everywhere. Well, he didn't stop running for eighty five minutes or however long he was on the pitch. He was like a like a dynamo. He's unbelievable. He was doing
0: stuff that I didn't realise that he even had in his locker. So obviously he's been a you know, he's he's been a stalwart throughout his career and he's played, you know, as high as the championship, wasn't he? He played with uh, um, Keith Hill at Barnsley at, at one time in his career. But it, it almost felt like that they, was, they were playing each other's roles, I thought, on Tuesday. You would expect going into the game that Quigley's going to be winning the flit-ons and then Dagnall will be the one that was running in behind. But it was actually the other way around, which really surprised me, but showed just how much Obviously, versatility that uh, Jogal's got in their in
1: their strikers at the moment. It might be a bit hyperbolic, but was there a touch of the James Haters about Dagnall? Do you think he, he's he's got that nous, that experience, hasn't he? And and I'd argue that he's probably a bit more athletic than Hater was for us in yeah. in his heyday. He's certainly. Runs around a lot more and is a lot fitter. Hater was always, you know, just in such intelligence um, with his positioning and his, you know, his gentle little elbows into the back that always seemed to go um, <laughs> unspotted by um, referees. Um, I, I don't want,
0: you know, I don't want to do him a disservice and say that he wouldn't usually put that kind of performance in. But uh, Josh made a tongue in cheek, uh, ch- uh, tongue in cheek comment. Uh, on Tuesday, that it's unusual that he'd be, you know, taking one in the face and uh, and doing all those uh, all those bits of dirty work. So he sounded like that he was pleasantly surprised with the um, with just how much graft he was putting in, and that's not a criticism of you know putting in a hundred percent, etc. It's just that he was he had something about him. He definitely had something to prove. Yeah. And, uh, but Darren touched on it in his post match, didn't he? That he wanted to give these players, obviously, are still going through a tough time mentally that some of these players have still got some aggression and frustration and they want to, they need to get out on that pitch and have mitts and be able to get it out. And I think we definitely saw possibly a little bit of that as well.
1: Yeah, he certainly, it is post-match. He, um, he said he felt that Dagnall and Quigley needed the opportunity to go out and play for Lee. So, you know, they, they really did take that opportunity and, and, you know, I think, sort of reminded us a little bit of the depth that we've got uh, you know we haven't got a lot of players but that some of the players that we do have that have been missing out are really high quality players aren't they there's there's some experienced talented players around
0: yeah. I felt that as well I'm, I'd like to hear your boys opinion on this um, especially you Coatsy because this is kind of surrounding it's all hinges on Reuben Reid really but <laughs> But, um, I'm not going to escape this this week, <laughs> tag, am I? No, but um, I, I've I've kind of I've obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you I felt that Quigley was doing well at the point when Ruben Reed came in, and I think Quigley can really feel sort of hard done by possibly, but the fact that he has had to take a bit more of a step back in this second half of the season as Reed's come in. Yeah,
3: I'd agree with that. Uh, and 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 I think uh, I know Joe Crowley's not everybody's cup of tea, uh, Craig McCann, but um there's uh, <laughs> he does um he he has that touch, doesn't he? And I think maybe when he started with us he was a bit more of a head on a stick and and there was a bit um he didn't quite have that Majestic touch that Ruben Reed has. There you go, get a compliment in for him. Um, uh, but uh, but what, one interesting thing again that the manager said in his post match is that Ruben Reed has been working a lot with Joe Quigley in in in, in training. So maybe you know there is a that, that, that is a part of what Ruben Reed's going to bring and and Dagnall as well. Those kind of players we've spoken and know about Charlie Lee and Jimmy Smith and their ability to bring something to the to to the younger players. But you know i i would like to think that that's what um that's what ruben reed uh you know has been doing to help joe quigley and joe quigley's probably been paying him back by thinking you just wait till i get my chance um, against you because i agree with you he'd done he'd done all right up until uh when reed came in i suppose mm. i mean reed was what was it the chairman referred to him our number one transfer target so i guess when you sign your number one transfer target then you've got to play him haven't you and um Yes, I uh, earlier on I was uh, I, I was critical of Ruben Reed, and I, I still think it's I I would be critical of his goal scoring record, which I don't think has been uh, been good. And I know Ben, if he was here, would tell me that you don't judge Ruben Reed on goals. Um, but that's so.
0: probably why they had him as their top transfer target, though, wouldn't it? They? they would have been a, he would have been the club's top transfer target if you know if we believe what they're saying. There's no reason to believe you know we shouldn't believe that. Um, is that he would have been the target to come in and try and score some goals because you don't yeah. really, you know, as certainly I wouldn't have thought that you'd be targeting someone as your top target to be a target man to somebody else. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think it was. I think Ben's point was like it was creating for other for other players in the in the squad. which do you know? There is a there is a truth in that, but I I, I do think we need to see more goals out of Ruben Reed between now and the end of the season if he's going to be around next season, but maybe that's a... Uh, Talking that's a of which,
0: no um, yeah. are we, I would say I mentioned about Quigley with it with it being twofold with the contract. Is Ooh. there any concern that this, you know, this has been put out, this has been done quickly, or Quigley, if you like? <laughs> um, oh. <in> all, <laughs> that's, a, in, that's a yellow card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, because obviously there's a lot of talk about still what's going to happen with uh, Reese Murphy yeah. next season, of course. And, um, you know, getting Quigley tied up there you know, is obviously one you know a good thing you know to which is going to um, make, put the fans on side and, and you know thinking ahead to the next season but you just wonder as well where that you know leaves the negotiations with you know Reese Murphy between now and the end of the season
3: We've speculated on here, Dave, and I'd be interested to hear your view without turning your question back on yourself immediately, but <laughs> <laughs> um, about uh, Darren Siles' relationship with players. And we heard Joe Quigley talk about how the manager, uh, you know, I think he said he comes down to the work that Gaffer's put in with me, um, to, uh, you know, as to the reason why he wanted to sign. One thing that uh, I picked up on was how, when you hear from him, Reese Murphy talks a lot about the manager. Another manager talks a lot about Reese Murphy, um, and my one piece of hope that I hang on to that we can we can hang on to Reese Murphy is that relationship that the two of them have got. I don't know if you've seen that when you've been there on a on a match day between Reese and um, and the manager.
0: So you do see, you do see little glimpses uh, for sure. I mean, in fairness, you do actually see those little glimpses with Darren and quite a lot of the players, uh, to be quite honest, and like. Like you said, I think that relationship is going to be key. I think when he signed uh, Reese to start with, didn't he at the start of last season? I think Ian, you you touched on this about how it was almost a handshake in the centre circle and say, look, you know, if you want to be here, this is what you can. This is what you can do for this club. This is what you can play for and have. I think it's important for Reese Murphy to have a home, like he's come from the Arsenal Academy. He's he's had a little bit of a um, a taster of what it's like to be in the football league, but he's never been really given that chance. Ben said it last time about having that two, three seasons of you're going to be my man in the football league. And he's had to drop down and then he's worked his way back up again. i just wonder if maybe that now he's found a home, which I don't think there's any doubt that he has. And you only need to look at the stats to suggest that he's obviously very comfortable in the surroundings, but, Hopefully, he might look at that and see where he is in his career and think, I can still kick on here at Yeovil. That's yeah. what I'm hoping. That's what I, I hope so. Yeah. In my head, that's what's <laughs> going on.
3: It'll all be okay. <laughs> we put if a... you're listening, Rhys. <laughs> <Reece. laughs>
1: they all listen. Uh, we put a yeah. poll out, actually. Oh, I put a poll out on the uh, Glover's cast Twitter, which got a, a, a massive 72% turnout. 72%? 72 people turnout. Um, 25% think he'll stay and 75% of those think he's going to be going at the end of the season. So, uh, you know, take take that as whatever. But I think there's probably an overwhelming feeling that we're going to be very lucky to have him with us next year, I think. I mean, I, I can understand. But as
0: a guest to this evening's podcast, I'm not going to say anything negative in that respect. So... <laughs> I'm going to say that it will be okay. Okay. Oh, oh dear.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: There you go. Dave's told us it's going to be okay. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Fantastic. So, um, Dave, you spent, uh, 90 minutes with, uh, one Josh Staunton, uh, mm, doing, <laughs> doing the, doing the commentary on <laughs> Tuesday night. And he, he sort of told you that told you and the whole world listening that he was going to be with the club next season and signed a two year deal when he yeah, signed
0: did we, did we actually did we actually break some news on that moment i'm not quite sure <laughs>
3: i was expecting the sky sports news music to yeah come on, i know. wasn't
0: sure whether i should have been wearing my yellow tie or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was um i think that that was very positive i think people wanted that sort of confirmation and we haven't really seen josh either so it's you know it's uh exciting to know that he's going to be with us next season but one of the things i thought was interesting on commentary that he was um talking about how he was trying to you know make his injury turn his injury problems into a positive in that you know he was missing out on a season where there'd been no fans in the ground and, yeah. it, and it it was interesting how he touched upon the um what it's like playing with no fans and how difficult it is
0: yeah, hundred percent. And I want—I really wanted to find out from a player's perspective just how different it has been with—with with no fans in terms of playing home to away, because we—you we, hear it a lot, pundits and fans, just like us all think. Well, there's probably no difference between playing home and playing away at the moment. But he made good—made a good point that it depends where you go. You've got different. You might be useful uh, might be used to you you've got different types of uh changing rooms up and down uh, the leagues and obviously with COVID restrictions as well you might be you know changing in a pokey car park or something or 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 whichever and you've still got those um you've still got those elements to to the home in the way fixture that means that maybe it's not quite as black and white as just there's no fans, therefore it's an even playing field
1: Yeah, very true, very true. And it, like you said, it is interesting to hear that from the players because that's one of the things that we haven't really heard a lot from the players, other than that, uh, you know, in the immediate aftermath of games this season. So, uh, yeah, good, good bit of uh, journalism from yourself, getting some, <laughs> getting some nuggets. Um, Those hard hitting questions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, should we move on to to Saturday's game against Wieluństone? Um, I was just gonna gonna say, just before before we do, yeah. um, the the manager's
3: comments at the end. He was obviously talking with regards to the the, the mental fatigue, wasn't he? Oh yeah, um, yeah. That the, sure. the, the the players had. I mean, those those were interesting comments as well, because I think we kind of uh, we obviously noted it um, after the uh, what was it? It was a, the Boreham Wood game, and then I, I think after we did that podcast, after that Ball and Wood game. We almost uh certainly i can only really speak for myself, but I think kind of mentally moved on a little bit um from from where everyone had been um and it was interesting to hear him hear him talk like that because he did say. Um, it's quite a telling comment. I think his last one, he said something about the problem with, uh, you know, macho men They say don't like to tell people how we feel. Uh, and again, we've spoken before about how, you know, Darren Siles' leadership throughout this um, this difficult time that that everyone at the club has gone through and nobody more than him and nobody more than the, um, in the players as well. And I, I found it really interesting and it made me think... Yes, you know, he said just because we went down the tunnel once against Bore and Wood doesn't mean the world's okay again. And, you know, we we, we all mentally moved on a little bit from it. Um, and possibly we shouldn't have. Probably we shouldn't have. Um, and it is, uh, you know, always, always going to be with us. So it was interesting to hear him open up in, in, in that way, which is, again, probably not something we... You would associate with, you know, Darren Sarl. As he absolutely says, he's a he's a macho kind of guy, isn't he? He's, a, uh you know, all about character and grizzly men and all of that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, but,
3: I, yeah. I thought it was a really telling comment.
1: Yeah, one of his quotes was the the mental drain that these players have gone through and are still going through makes it hard to get any joy even out of tonight. Was what he said on 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 Tuesday. Um, yeah, and sort of said how exhausted, mentally exhausted he was and that some of the players were on saturday um, but again he doesn't want to use it yeah. as an excuse which you can totally understand i think um after in the immediate aftermath of a game um I think... I
0: think i think some fans might look at it and think well this is um you know when you get two or three games you know after everything that's happened but it might be two or three games but you're playing games so close to each other it's still only been what it'll only been a couple of weeks or something so actually in terms of periods of time there's still been no time for for anyone for for any of them to you know to get their head around this so it was a difficult one on Tuesday with obviously we're having Josh Staunton were so pleased to that he was happy to to come out and do and do the commentary because obviously with everything that's going on he could quite easily say look I don't I don't really want to put myself out there at the moment and I didn't want to be too I was <laughs> I wanted to be quite delicate with uh, the questions that I asked him in terms of. Uh, I think at the end there, I um, I asked him about how, you know, it almost the the results don't matter. But I also didn't really want to be too disrespectful to the players in the club by saying that the results don't matter. But also trying to get a, an overall perspective of obviously how everyone's feeling at the moment. And you know, from his perspective, it's still as you would expect. It's taking it out of everybody it's just something you don't expect to have to go through and they will just try whatever they can to do between now and the end of the season to just finish as high as they can and then
1: you know see see where it leaves them yeah here hey. here here um okay should we talk about Wheeled stone um wildstone, yeah we're yeah. all
0: agreed that it is wildstone after earlier in the
1: season yeah correct. yeah yeah we'll we've moved on from that now um we're allowed <laughs> by to... what was it then oh we we called it wildstone because me and dave yeah.
3: was, it me, was it me and you yeah definitely? me and dave it, did it? It the was.
1: commentary with um connor smith putting himself about wasn't it is it connor smith actually oval player Yeah.
3: yeah was, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah they were um yeah, they were. I, I mean, I thought they were a very good side when we played them. Um, mm. We were playing very badly at that, that time. It must have been our second game it of it the season. A, was it a draw? Was yeah, was two all. It was two all, yeah. and it was their
3: first game of the season. Yeah, because I think they were scheduled to play Macclesfield in the first game, and that obviously didn't happen. So it was their first uh, yes. game and our
1: our second. That's correct, and they were very clever with their set pieces. Like mm. every set piece was different, like a short like, something short, or, you know, every time we thought they were going to lump it in, uh, and they didn't. Um, I think there were a couple of, uh, uh, rule one, don't talk about the rest, I think there were some, uh, you know what I'm going to say, um, decisions, but, you know, they are what they are, and um, yeah. we are where we are. But I thought, yeah. I mean, they, they were doing all right at one point, weren't they? I, think I was just going to say, fairly... I'm sure they
0: were second or something, were they? Yeah. Second? Up after, like, twelve games. Possibly. I was. I was
3: just looking at their their their, their fixtures or their results um, before it came on, and they actually won five of their first nine games, um, including get you know, they beat Rex and beat Chesterfield um, and uh, and beat Halifax as well. So you know, they 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 beat some decent sides, albeit a couple of those sides have picked up since then, um, since, since since that time. But yeah, they were. I think probably by the start of November, they were. They were flying high, and that point we got against them. Whereas when we got it, we probably thought, "Well, these have just come off. it's their first game. That's maybe not a great result." But um, actually, by the time you got to start in November, a point against Wilsden looked pretty good, didn't it?
1: Absolutely. And now you know they're they're what? Let's not say languishing because we're languishing too. You probably, yeah. Um, you know they're they're in nineteenth. Uh, any other time of you know in the footballing history they'd be really looking over their shoulders and uh keeping an eye on the table but you know in reality they they've got themselves another season in the um national league which i think they'll be more than happy with um more yeah they, they they've lost quite a lot of games haven't they 20 games lost and they've lost um more than more than Woking um and yeah but for Dover and their uh their situation, I think they'd probably be um down there. I don't really know what to expect from them now because you know when based on the first game of the season when we played them, they 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 were really good but you know the form is form is showing that we should have a, a relatively yeah. <laughs> comfortable... Lost, again afternoon. looking at the form
3: they've lost eight out of their last ten haven't they yeah but they did they did beat barney five one on the Uh, On the, I think that's good uh, um, Easter Monday. So, yeah, but they've they furloughed a lot of their players, haven't they? I did wonder Um,
0: about that because I think is it is it Kings Lynn that are playing their youngsters at the moment? I don't. Yeah. Doing that, Wilkinson doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, But also on the flip side, it will be interesting to see what what team Darren puts out because obviously he made the changes. It was three changes, wasn't it? Because Wilkinson obviously couldn't play, and then um, Dagnall and Quickly came in i mean i don't know where Dagnall is in terms of whether he's likely to be able to play two games in as many days or whether you know it might be difficult to sort of maybe change it around after that game on tuesday
1: well he looks he looks fit enough to to do it um i'd like to i'd like to think we we might see him um i mean you know how can you how can you drop any of those players after a yeah exactly after a three yeah. nil victory, I think that's going to be quite difficult. Well, it shouldn't be a difficult decision for the manager um unless there's you know injuries or changes that he feels he needs to make um but i'd you know i certainly be excited to see the same line up again and give him another give him another go. You know you don't change a winning formula in my view.
3: no, the manager said after that five one defeat, didn't he? how can I look players who aren't playing in the eye and not? Uh, put them on the picture after some of those performances. Well, how can he look at some of those players that he brought in in the eye uh, and drop them, drop them for Saturday? No, I think he should absolutely be starting with the uh, the same uh, the same side. And we've spoken about it in recent weeks as well. Now we aren't going to go up and we aren't going to go down. Now is the time to I, I would I would agree to be looking at those players who are going to be the ones that are going to be with us next season uh, or are going to be the ones that could potentially be with us next season um, and start start playing some of them. And I, I asked the question of um, of a couple of people, a couple of Yeovil fans, I don't know what you guys think, but do you think we'll see a bit of that? I mean, I know Elliot Watts will um, will kill me for saying this, but do you think we're going to see, when as and when Alex Bradley comes back, are we going to see Michael Kelly switch to left back? Because we know Carl Dickinson isn't going to be at the club next season. Or maybe not, are we going to see that? But do you
0: think we should see that? It's an interesting point, isn't it? Because like you say, it's at the moment, you're kind of in that situation where, like a lot of clubs, where you might be thinking, maybe now is the time to sort of have that little look towards next season. But at the same time, I'm sure that you know, being the man that Darren is, he also still wants to try and get those, you know, the likes of Carl Dickinson on the pitch as much as he can whilst he's still got them at the club. So I can, I can sort of see the argument for both for both sides on this one, but
1: very dramatic. Right? <laughs> um, Are you so, running for office?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I certainly think that, um, you know, certainly when it gets towards the last. I was going to say lasted four or five games but I suppose we're there now already are we I'm getting so lost with the uh, with all the postponements and, and bits and pieces and the season as a whole you kind of difficult to remember what we've played
1: we've played 34 so eight games eight games yeah. eight games left um, and, and to to not sit on the fence I think you, I
0: did really answer your question did
1: I really I was going to yeah. say he's taken
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Barrett's role of sitting on the fence <laughs> isn't he yeah.
1: just an old op- up here yeah <laughs> Um, I absolutely. I think if if Bradley comes up, uh, Bradley comes back, and you know you're you're planning on having Michael Kelly as your left back next season, then in in my view, that's you know that's what you start doing if if you're playing. Shout out to
0: Kelly Kelly as well because I think he's sorted him really well at, at right back. Yeah, gotcha. um, I think he's done. I think he's done really really well. with sort of um, considering the most that we've seen him. Uh, this season is when, when he's been filling in sort of... I know, you know, you might say that is there much difference between left and right back? But I suppose you've got to, you know, depending on what you know, if, what what footage your predominant foot is, you have to change your body position. And when you get to the other side of the pitch, you then have to cut inside. So there is, you know, changes that you have to adjust about your game. And I think, I think he's done really well in there.
1: It's weird, isn't it? It's just odd because, you, you know, there's like a, a precedent at, like right uh uh, left back with like Azpilicueta Chelsea you know he was right footed and played left back forever for him didn't he but it's it's hard to think of any left footers who've played at right back I know Dave you don't you know I don't take much notice to what
3: people kick with
1: yeah
3: or what kind (laughs) of shin pads they've got on you got the wrong the wrong man on the comment on the (laughs) pod
1: for that (laughs) uh but yeah shout out to Mr Kelly and uh yeah. I, I would not begrudge him staying with us next season. I mean, at this point, I would sign as many of them as I possibly could to get us ready for the next season.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah I, and I I, think...
0: Sorry, go ahead, god My turn my this time. Yeah, it's only fair. I was just going to say that, um, again, probably sitting on the fence here, really, but I don't think there's really anyone that I would think, oh, I'm not sure about him for the next season. I don't know if that's necessarily controversial or not, but I, and certainly in terms of commitment and an effort, which is obviously the fundamentals of what you want, I, I don't think there's anybody that I think I'm not sure if I'm not sure if they're really, you know, putting their all in or really giving everything for the club. So I think that's you know a positive position to be in.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think uh, given what they've all gone through, you can't yeah of course cool. question their commitment and um you know the service they're doing for us as supporters really regardless of the results the fact that they're even training doing you know getting out for games and things like that for me that's um yeah more than more than enough at uh, this stage given the context mm-hmm. of everything yeah absolutely can just... I give
3: one more one uh, more shout out? Can yeah. I give one more shout out? <laughs>
1: yeah, this is the last Al- shout out. Then we got questions.
3: Okay, Albie Skendi, natural born centre back or not?
1: Uh, not.
3: Not Dave. <laughs> Maybe um, not natural yeah, well, he born, could be, 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 but <laughs>
0: but um, he j- he's just a he's just a reliable egg, isn't he? He's, he's just. <laughs> An egg. He, he really Interesting is. comment. Reliable <laughs> egg. <laughs> he's just a reliable egg. Like he, you could, you could probably stick him up front, and I think he'd definitely do a job for you. You know, in possibly gold? even in goal. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in goal. Who knows? He's probably, he you know, is... he's probably similar in stature to Luke
1: Wilkinson. Maybe it's that, um, like, that route he's taken. Of like, I know we're non-league, but let's talk like you know amateur league football. He's like your archetypal your class Sunday league player who can play any position, just tell him where you want him to go. And he's sort of found that, but I, I prefer him further up the pitch than at the back because he's always, it he feels like there's always at that, something. At because
0: I used to be a little bit like that for our school team, but that's because I wasn't any good. So I'd kill him <laughs> when the good players weren't around. But I don't think that applies to Albie.
1: I bet, no. I bet he was always on like, he was captain set pieces, throw-ins, like everything when he was, um, amateur
0: oh, yeah I, I could definitely see that <laughs> and just quickly t- i'm gonna throw oh, a shout out there. God, not a shout being
1: hijacked
0: uh, coach just made me think of it That's um talking about Skendi possibly going in goal that uh, i did ask uh josh because it um adam smith picked up a little injury during that game about who we would fancy on the bench to come in come in goal should uh, should that situation arise i mean, said that you think it would be Charlie Lee
3: I just wondered what you guys made of that pick from Josh Uh, I think it's been mentioned before isn't it Charlie Lee I'm sure when Wilkinson went in goal that game last season I'm sure the manager said something about Charlie Lee and seeing the height that that man can jump given he's (laughs) not particularly tall I would I would bank on him to have a you know reach one out of the top corner and tip it over the bar. He's got a spring on him, that man.
1: Well, I think I think the manager has questioned Charlie Lee's... Um, oh, how can I say this politely? Uh, <laughs> he's questioned what he's got up top um, at times. <laughs> um, and I think you need that edge if you want to go and go, especially if you're an outfield player who's up for going and go. You've probably got to have a couple of screws loose so um yeah maybe... a bit of the
0: old jens layman
1: in you yeah absolutely well, maybe that's maybe that's what it is um right am i do i have permission to enough re- of the shout re- outs. get on with it rega- Come on. regain yeah. control and do a, a few questions Dave,
0: time done it's
1: in time now <laughs> two of you uh right so got a question from uh, james drew a couple from james drew tonight on twitter um Given that the top of the National League is so good this year, is it better to be out of it as so many teams have gone all or nothing? And do you think the top seven to 13 might struggle financially if they don't go up? A lot of money spent with no income. Enjoying life in mid-table. Coatsy, you can go first.
3: It's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, when you do look at those teams that are chucking money around, you do wonder where it's all coming from. I think, well, we know with Wrexham, don't we? We know with, um, with, with Stockport as well. And obviously, Chesterfield just furlough any players they don't want and just spend the money there, don't we? So <laughs> you got to get a little dig in about Chesterfield, Dave. That's the rules. So, um, but I've uh, so. To answer the question, I would say no. I'd rather be up there. I'd rather be in the mix, and I'd rather be, uh, you know, having having a go. And I think Yeovil Town have done that enough times without spending um, beyond our means, haven't we? We've we've done that with so many so many of our teams. We haven't spent huge amounts of money in the context of where we are, um, and still managed to and still managed to do it. So I'd much rather be in that uh, top four, four. But we did say at the beginning. Go, don't go down, don't go bust. Was the target, wasn't it? So, if we think we're going to go bust by spending a few quid, then yeah, probably best off in midfield,
0: in mid table, I should say. Yeah, I
1: would agree. Yeah, and touching on that,
0: if the the teams that um, have spent that money then don't go up and they do go bust, then you know, there's a chance for us going higher up the table, isn't there? Just by default, possibly. So, um, yeah, I think these clubs to go bust, of course, but.
1: I think next season's going to be an interesting one for you know because obviously only two can go up and there's a lot of big clubs spending money trying to get out of this division and you know they can't all do He's it. Done the so. spending
0: money. Um, how do you guys feel about the the makeup of the if you want to call it a transfer window in the national league? Because I don't like it. I don't like the fact that is it Chesterfield this week? Not to Chesterfield rubbish um, <laughs> uh, they they bought in was it the striker from Bradford right? yeah was yeah Danny Tester Rowe, in,
2: wasn't
0: it and they bought him in with like seven eight games left of the season like that just doesn't sit right with me that there I, I appreciate that that's the rules and anyone can do it but it just seems that like dependent your your whole season can change on bringing a big money signing in with like six games to go
1: I think it, it's for me, it's unusual that, you know, the, the top half of the National League is basically an extension of League Two now, isn't it? With the money that's in the division and, you yeah. know, the size of the clubs there. Um I guess you, you sort of... It sort of feels like that top half, their transfer window should be in line with the EFL. But then when you get, you know, further down, there's there's clubs that are still part-time and can still, you know, need to... Get people in like up until you know late in the season. It's is, it is interesting, and in, you know that's you know that's the rules, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think uh, maybe that's we're so maybe we're just yeah maybe we're just you know we've been drilled into deadline day and January transfer windows and everything like that for however long, and we've forgotten what real football is like. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> probably went all jim white again there yeah a little bit you have got that yellow tie on (laughs) right um another question from james drew uh what is your favorite uh so let's go for your favorite most underrated player and your favorite player to ever play for yeovil um prior you can go first so your underrated player or actually we'll all go for our favorite underrated and then we'll do our favorite players
0: Okay, so no time for thinking time. Underrated player. That's that's really difficult for me, and I don't want to come across as a fraudulent Yeovil fan. But um, so I I started really following Yeovil closely. Probably I think it must have been their eleven, twelve, or ten, eleven season. I think it was. So you guys might have some, you know, some some players from further back at that time, Cody. That uh, you might you might be oh. sort of. Uh, Thinking about the ageism like, is still here, isn't it? <laughs> I'm in for Ben Barrett this evening, so I've got to try and put some uh Barrett yeah. into it. You could call the them pod. that. Uh, underrated player,
1: coach. Have you got one while but, Dave's thinking?
3: So I was gonna say, and, and and we didn't we did say this the other week when we were talking about Richard Hines, Richard Hines in the, in the playoff winning season, uh, it, it was. Uh, uh, sort of a, a colossus at the back. I think he played quite a bit before we got Dan Burning on loan that season. Richard Hines would probably be my most underrated uh, favorite player. Just trying to, th- I'm trying to think of one for Dave now. To be honest with you, <laughs> no, I <I'm> just <laughs> think,
0: but but he probably wasn't, un- or maybe he wasn't underrated. How do you feel about James Hayter as underrated? Is that no, fair to say,
3: not
1: or it. not? Not having it.
3: Yeah, uh, I think I think people would have said that. Yeah, Hater Hater and Madden is you know, salt and vinegar, isn't it? So they, <laughs> they they had to they had to go together. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to disagree with that. No, I'm not no. going to disagree with that. Underrated.
3: Just thinking that season that you started support. You say ten.
0: Yeah, I think it was ten about ten eleven. I think it was. I want to say it was like Dean like, Bowditch and yeah, uh, Dean Bodich, Andy Williams. Player. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm pretty sure Bodic scored in a one nil win over MK Dons. One of the first games I fully remember as going regular. I think would Paul Ince have been MK Don's manager at that oh, point? Right. Would that be around about the same time? Uh that, I don't
3: know much about MK Dons's history. <laughs> but uh, I remember history. seeing Bodic being around that kind
0: of time. <laughs> yeah. Well is a good shout actually, but yeah,
3: maybe. maybe He scored a few, didn't he say? So. Yeah, yeah. Right. and we go for good. favorite players. Well, well I'll, I'll oh, can I have, Yeah, judgment. come on, Sorry. blimey,
1: just <laughs> the Dave show tonight or something. God <laughs> bless me. Um, he yeah, you be having us back on. <laughs> you can't have two days on a podcast, that's for sure. Um, so my most underrated, um, I'm gonna go for Jake Edwards as an oh, underrated yeah. player because he came in at a time when we had Kirk Jackson, Kevin Goal yeah. Gavin Williams, Nick Crittenden. Uh, we had, you know, we had players all over the the pitch that could score goals. And I think Bartos was probably around that time as well. Possibly, yeah. maybe a bit after. Um, but you know, he came in and he scored ten goals. He was only with us for a season, but you know, he, he added some real depth to um, depth to our side and probably gets forgotten about in the conversation because of how prolific kirk jackson and kevin gall were for us at that yeah. period i remember
3: right he was a bit of a he, everyone when he came in everyone thought he's going to be a caveman but yeah. he actually had a, a lot of class about him uh, in his touch and, and everything it was a very yeah. not not, a, not just a big because he was a big um sort of center forward as well yeah. wasn't
1: he but, yeah. and now he's, yeah, one good show. The, he's one of the top dogs in uh, american soccer
3: Really? I didn't realize
0: that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we had him on, we had him on um with uh on Three Valley's radio a few, few months ago.
1: Yeah. And, the USL, um, doing... I think he he yeah. runs the United well, something soccer league. Um he's there like the, the president. He's teased, yeah. Um nearly as high as they come in American Oh. Well, I
3: hope you referred to him as Mr. President then, Dave. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good morning, Mr. President.
0: Yeah. No, eighty a- 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 was in charge of that one, so oh, I, mean, God. I mean, goodness, <laughs> He, he
3: wouldn't have called him guess. anything polite, would he? You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your favourite players, these should be this should be easy, your favourite player, I would have thought. Yeah, favourite player.
0: I mean I mean I touched on him for underrated, but I did absolutely love Jane Payton. I, was, <laughs> I mean, because not only was he a <laughs> He, he could finish, but he could do all the he could do all the dirt and stuff for you, and, and you know that he was just going to give you like absolutely everything. And you touched on it, Ian. It's the little sly little elbows here and there. It was the it was you just knew exactly what you were going to get with him, and I never really felt that uh, certainly at that particular time that that you were ever really going to be in any danger of losing with having someone like that on the pitch.
1: Yeah, he was class. Yeah, Especially uh, he felt like such a coup when we signed him as well Cause it did he come from Doncaster?
3: I think he did. Yeah, yeah. And he it, was at Do- uh, Bournemouth, wasn't funny for a long
1: time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah right, he was Doncaster. It I'm felt sure. like he was a really big signing even though he was, you know, he was he was getting on slightly. Uh no, ageism here. Um he felt like he was like blimey, we've signed James Hater. Like mm. <laughs> felt like a big one.
3: Coatsy? I'm going to be really obvious to anyone who listens to anything I say on here, Howard Forrington. Yeah, I knew now, that. Now, that, that, that,
1: that's long before
3: everyone's time. But, uh, well, but he was just a player who was so far. Actually, people might remember his second coming yes, or his third coming I, I on loan when he, he wasn't the player that he was. That The first time we had him in the, in the late 90s, he was just, well, he went from us in the division below the conference up to uh, Birmingham City, who I think were, Division One Championship now, um, and he was just so far above his level; it was it was unbelievable. I'd pick him just ahead of Michael mckindo who I noticed was James James's uh, choice, but just because of the way McKindo left under under a bit of a cloud. But McKindo was wow. Well, <laughs> was some player, though, yeah. in that team. Yeah, he, for, for me, in that team that went up from from the Comps, he was our best player. He Absolutely. was my favourite player by a long way. He was just. Never knew what he was going to do. Yeah, <laughs> Raleigh was... or
1: wrongly, Well, all of those players were, you know, football league yeah. players in conference shirts, right. weren't they? Um, yeah. And my favourite player of all time is uh, Mr Terry Skiven. Um, yes, the ultimate, the ultimate captain, and just led us all the way up. Uh, and, yeah. I don't think anyone could really disagree with you on that, on, really. On the pitch, you know, he was just a yeah. On the pitch, an absolute hero and yeah I don't think you can get you know for me I don't think you can get anyone more iconic for the club you know in leading us to to glory and up the divisions he was there for all of it on the pitch so yeah well done Skibbo. On
0: the flip side of that I, you boys must have some regrets about certain signings that you wanted big things from and it never happened like when Yeovil were obviously a completely different Yeovil side at that point when the championship but when they signed Adam Morgan I thought this this is it boys like we're we're going places yeah, this but guy that's you're having a watched him Liverpool yeah, fan yeah exactly yeah well exactly and you you know there's a lot of big expectation Well, certainly for me I really thought that this is this is amazing this is going to be the perfect uh the perfect tonic and it just for whatever reason didn't it was it was it it was gin with a slimline tonic, wasn't it? It was just <laughs> just completely
3: he's different. This up now, isn't he classy? <laughs> you never get out that off Barrett.
1: Uh I don't know for the I don't know for regrets. I've had a few. uh <laughs> Don't fall in love <laughs> with footballers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess Pablo Bastianini was he's <laughs> one that sticks out because it was like oh, it was a bit. You know, a bit sexy, wasn't it? Oh, an Argentinian. Oh, what have we got here? Yeah. And he did a lovely turn in a pre-season friendly and we thought, oh, he's a player. cost <laughs> <He's>... fortune as <laughs> well, if <laughs> I remember. Yeah, <laughs> he was a busted flush. Um yeah. And never were at doubt. I guess that's the one that sticks out for me. Um, yeah.
3: I'd say Ishmael Miller. Ishmael Miller, when he signed. Ooh. I know he scored a, a couple for us in that championship season, but uh, he thought a player of his... Caliber he had done so much but he was another one who was um you know when he was great he was great and when he was terrible he was
0: yeah That's so uh, I'll do I'll do the barrettism here and and say what well, not for me after that penalty against Leeds <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: still up in yeah. the, still up in orbit that one um i think that was what flew past that um space shuttle thing that took off the other day did you see that <laughs> I didn't see that. No, was no, Ishmael I Miller see. anywhere no, near it? There was, well, no, there was a space. There was uh, one of these. I'm gonna. If anyone's a astronaut listening to the Glovers cast, one get in touch. They all listen. Um, they all listen. But yeah, there was a uh, one it of the. It is out of this world, mate. To yeah. be fair, <laughs> hey. it's a podcast. One of the <laughs> um, one of these shuttles was leaving the International Space Station, and it had a close shave as something, some like space junk, flew past it, um, right. uh, and it was. I think it was Ishmael Miller's penalty. Um, that nearly, you know, blew up this thing. Obviously, that's there, was
0: talk, there was talk. Was it? Was it last season? There was, and I stress talk. But uh, <laughs> Ishmael Miller might have been on his way back to Yeovil. Did you get wind of that? I think it's just no.
1: Twitter rumours. Twitter rumours, and we don't deal with them, mate. We don't deal with them on the Glovers' Cup. Fake cast. news. Ruben, Ruben
3: <laughs> yeah, Reid, Ishmael yeah, Miller.
1: Um,
3: I'm not taking that. No, <laughs>
1: Right, I think we need to wrap it up. Dave's getting overexcited here. Um, Which one? (laughs) Both of you. Um, Mr. Pryor, thank you very much for joining me this evening. And uh, Mr. Coates, you've got a quiz time coming up shortly. So get your brain in gear. Can't you stay on and do the quiz? (laughs) Get your brain in gear. Um, Get your brain in gear. Thanks, Pryor. Cheers, mate. No worries.
0: Thanks very much, boys. Cheers, Dave.
1: Take care. Cheers. Okay, it is quiz time on the Glover's cast again. We have a challenger for Dave Coates. Andy Craig, welcome to the Glover's cast. Thank you. Pleasure, guys. How you doing? The young pretender.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just... Against the old yeah. champion. <laughs> You've you got about 10 years experience on me, so... Um... <laughs>
3: 10 years? That yeah. is a, that's a compliment, that
2: is. Yeah, 10 years, uh... 13 years, I think, more...
1: more um, but just. Throw that one in out there. Everyone's a young pretender to you, Dave. Everyone. i going to say it's like.
3: Pretender. Do you remember Rocky Five? Do you remember Rocky Five when he coached some um, that young kid and he, he he brought him up to like the heavyweight and then that young kid turned on him? That's what this feels like.
2: It's just like know. Josh yeah. Nurfield going in for uh, uh, taking on Charlie Lee in training. This is. I
3: knew you're going to say Charlie Lee. I knew you're going to say Charlie. Well, <laughs> That's all right. You're a big fan of Charlie Lee, aren't you, Craig? So uh, I'll take that as a compliment.
2: Yeah, he's not bad, is He's
1: been on right. the football league, can't complain.
2: He's a good lad,
1: yeah. Right, before we get into the quiz, um, as is customary on the podcast, even without Ben being here, we have to go for your uh, meal deal of choice. Um, it also means you probably won't get massively criticised because Ben's not here. You'll You'll hear about it tomorrow on Twitter, I would have thought.
2: My Come on. choice, Christ. Oh um, BLT, Doritos, and Fanta. Great Strong. Strong.
3: What <laughs> What kind of Doritos are we talking here? What color?
2: Color? Red. No. Red, red packet, <laughs> yeah. whatever that is.
1: Oh, chili <laughs> heat wave. Nice, spicing it right? up.
3: Spicing
1: yeah. it up. Nice. Yeah, you oh, can yeah. always always go for red. I would say on the Dorito front. Um, OK, yeah. I think that's strong. Can, can we
3: put one of the questions to Craig that we got? we, we did with Dave just uh, earlier on the pod? Yeah. Your most underrated player of the Oval Town player, your most underrated one, and your favourite ever Yeovil Town player. Come on, I'm going to put you on the spot. Is this
2: of all time, but obviously the latter, but underrated? I'm going to say,
3: all your time watching Yeovil, most right. underrated player and your favourite ever player.
2: Favourite ever... Sheer enjoyment and you know, just the whole I felt like the whole ground at times, probably super Gavin Williams. Nah.
3: Can't
2: can't argue with
3: that. Yeah. It's not
2: gonna be bad if, you know, Alan Pardew at West Ham's coming in for him. When, when was that? Was it were we League Two at the time? Yeah,
0: probably
2: underrated. Yeah.
1: I, think we were. Um, I don't
2: think he was with us in League One, was he? No. Nah, other him, when he came come back on, on loan. Yeah. Um, underrated, that's a good one. Um I'm trying, this is my mind oh, yeah. game. I'm yeah, yeah you've put, put me right into it already, haven't <laughs> you? Um, yeah, underrated. That's um...
3: there. You go. Come back to that. Come back to that yeah. after the quiz, then.
2: Yeah, give me time to think. We might we might rattle off the player. I don't know. In, in this, in this, whatever we come up with, whatever lineup we're going to come up with. Well, we're going okay. back to
3: 1977.
2: <laughs> and... We're not. So I can say you're out, you're going to be after Brian Hall Five White, <laughs> Era, aren't you, or something like that? Before I was even born.
1: Blimey! Right, harking back there. Here we go. So the fixture we are going with took place on the fourth of January, two thousand and fifteen. It was Yeovil Town versus Manchester United in the FA Cup.
3: So sorry, Ian. I, I apologize. What year did you say then? You broke up.
1: Oh, uh, he's making, excuses already. It's making no, excuses already. He's making excuses already. We
3: played Manchester United twice in the FA Cup yeah. in recent years. So, two thousand
1: and fifteen. 2015, right? Okay. Not the special Yeovil special one game. Um, Gary... The other one, the yeah. first one. Yeah, the, the Sir Alex Ferguson helicopter on the top pitch. It was
3: game. the Angel Di Maria, wasn't it? That one? Did he score that game?
2: Yes, the wrong teammate.
3: Was it? Oh,
2: yeah, okay,
1: yeah. <laughs> but <he's coughed>. He scored. <laughs> I did. had to think
3: about that for it, a
1: second. <laughs> he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Angel right. Di Maria had to come off the bench to uh, put us away, really. Uh, Rescue him. And a uh, Herrera scored a goal that I think still gets um, tweeted out by Manchester United whenever they talk about him. Okay, so as the... So what are the
3: rules? Can we lay the rules down? Just yeah,
1: so the rules of this one are you've got to name the team, um, two strikes and you lose. So if you don't get a player who was playing uh, during the match or... And
3: I might... I know Barrett, this is Barrett's game, isn't it? But if you have a player... <laughs> who came on as a substitute, you get another go. Is that right?
1: Yeah, you can have a... Yeah, you can... I think we'll play it. You can have a sub. So if you name okay. a player who's come on a sub, you... That, that's correct. There's no... Uh, if they didn't come on, then you're not having it. Okay.
3: okay.
1: <laughs> uh, two strikes and you lose. Um, I think as Ooh. challenger Andy, I'm going to let you go first.
2: It is Glaring miss. I'm just adding extra AC. Hopefully bonus bonus points are available. <laughs> it haunts me. Key for more. Correct.
3: Okay. Right. Well, left back. I definitely remember him uh, putting a, a feisty tackle in on someone. Nathan Smith.
2: Correct. I think that was the second one, Dave. You're lucky, was but... he? Yeah, he on Sanchez. Right, yeah, he took out that Sanchez. Was... But...
3: Yeah. Oh, he did didn't he? Blimey, that's that's just good
1: luck then. Oh, that was a gamble. I think,
2: I think, and I'm on about bonus points. I'm really gagged after one now I? I? think <laughs> he's the only one who played in both United games. I think, but it's irrelevant in this. So yeah, thanks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Cheers for that. Yeah.
2: Um. Oh, right. Uh, Jed Steer in goal. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um.
3: Joe Edwards. Joe Edwards played that game, didn't he? He's yes. Captain, I think he
1: maybe. did. Yeah, that's right.
2: Who's the other fullback? Come on, Craig. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Seth Nana to a Marcy. Yeah, I mean, that's correct. Oh, wrong roll, am roll, roll
3: um, Well, the third, the game before Accrington in the in the cup, Simon um, Gillett, Simon. Gillet. Simon
1: Gillett. <laughs> Simon Gillet did he did play, yeah. Uh, okay.
2: Sam Foley. Correct. It's getting
3: hard now. So who was up front in this game? Let's think. We said more, haven't we? Uh, Hater? Would Hater still have been around eh? oh.
1: there? Hater came on. Hater came on.
3: Well, so we're allowing that, are we? Or yeah, do I have to guess it, again?
1: No, no, I think we're, we're, we've we laid it out. Hater. So that counts because he came on.
2: Okay. Kevin Dawson. Yeah. Run down the wing for me.
3: Um, Who are I struggling now? Down. Oh, um, Arthur Worry. He's Arthur Worry for everyone. He played, <laughs> didn't
1: he? <laughs> he did play, yeah.
3: It's Gary's nah. terrible pun. You gotta have half <laughs> a worry when you've got
2: him. No nah, now nah, nah, you said that, I think I think I know it was the other centre half. I think I think it was Ben Nugent, local lad. I think he played in the first one. He did, correct.
3: Ah. You see that's thrown me now because I was gonna go soccer league, But I but I it can't be if they've oh. got if they've got those two.
2: No. Maybe no. you played all three. It's about no, no, three, I no, think, I didn't, I didn't, I, I think,
3: didn't, I didn't. There's
2: uh, only one strike. I think we def- they will play, definitely.
3: No, no. <laughs> well, all right. Um I'm trying to think. There must have been another strike on the plate. What about um, uh, Leach Smith, AJ Leach Smith?
1: Nope. He was, on, oh. he was on the bench, but he didn't come on. So I think.
3: That doesn't count.
1: No, because he didn't come on.
3: Okay. So that's
1: one strike. <laughs> that's, one strike. You knew, that's, you knew this. <laughs> that's that's one strike. Uh ah. but we're sort of at the last well no you you can guess the subs but yeah there's one Did more. We made I think we made all three subs and um I think
3: you can remember the subs. Come on.
2: No, well can't, I, I watched it back on BT like after uh <laughs> and I think this is the season that... Have you
3: been preparing
2: for this by watching a, every over want... game?
3: <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> I think... Um, I think... Because he, he, a lot of this, that season, he, he was really out wide. I think Tom Eaves might have come on. I don't know if I got that on.
1: Tom Eves? I'm yeah, Tom, Tom Eves. Eves did come on. Oh, bloody hell. Come on, Dave.
2: We... See, he just... We chose Murphy Tidfall in the FA Cup <laughs> in eighty three, not Man United. Oh Jesus. No,
3: I'm struggling now. What have we got left? We got another okay. defender.
1: You've got us de- You've got the person who Tom Eaves came on for. Um, and and another substitute to come on. Right,
3: we, haven't, we haven't got all the starting players there, then have we? No,
1: nope. you're missing, <laughs> missing Eve's,
2: Eves, yeah, Eves is substitution. Yeah, okay. I don't we've even know. Another,
3: there's a defender missing because we've had what we've had. Um, no,
1: you've done all the defenders, you've done your back oh, four. Blimey. Oh, no, I'm struggling might, here. Might have had two keepers
2: on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Just... Uh Right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a punt. I'm gonna go for another defender because I think there was another defender. <laughs> I'm gonna go for Nathan Ralph. Oh, he's done it!
1: He's, 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 a, he's, clawed he's it back. Defender. He was playing left midfield. He's a Ooh. defender, wasn't he? <laughs> well,
3: he was a defender, wasn't he? I'm sure he was a defender. So, how many defenders? No, oh, you've got Smith. No,
1: hang on, you have no, got no. Smith at left back. Yeah. Yeah, it's at right Dana. back, Arthur yeah. Worry and Nugent in the middle. It's and if you, no, remem- yeah, yeah, if you remember, if you remember, Gary Johnson was playing Nathan Ralph as a left midfielder for yeah, a little bit.
3: Yeah, Nathan Ralph, yeah, was a uh, yeah,
1: okay. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do now. We've got a sub to come on, but then we might have to <laughs> do we have to, link? Mean,
3: uh, yeah, come on then. Well, he's got to get the sub, hasn't he?
1: Well, if he gets the sub, he's won, in my view because you got one wrong.
2: I don't know. This is I really don't, I don't know. No, it's not going to be a forward. You said he. can't be a forward.
3: Said hater and Leechless.
2: Yeah, we've got Eves and Moore. Um, I think he played in the second game, but going to say it anyway. Lewis Wing. I think he's the latter one.
3: Is
1: a suspense. Who was it? Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're not you. come on, I was. I didn't cut. hear it. All <laughs> oh, right. you said Lewis Wing.
1: Oh, yeah, Lewis uh, Wing. No, no. So Coatsy. Oh, what are
3: we going to do here?
1: Well, name the. <laughs> do we need to do a, a players history game? I'm not really sure. Here. We've got another sub to come on. Still. I mean. No,
2: I'm trying to think of midfielders who might have played. No,
3: I couldn't think of another. It's your go,
2: Coach. I've got another like four names, but I don't think well, three of them pretty sure didn't play. One of them maybe.
3: I can remember there being uh, that big lump of a centre half who we signed from Palace. He was around that time, but there can't be another defender. Um, I think I know
1: you mean. I don't know. uh...
3: Inez? In Innes.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll say
3: him. I'll say him. Innes, Inez.
1: Inez. He, he was on the bench but didn't come on. Nah. This to win there it. You go. This to win right. it. Right. I've got a choice
2: about three midfield seriously series. I don't know who. Um, I'm wiping Joel Grant out. Don't even know if he was on the bench. Jesus. A- um, keep trying to think of the other, like the other, if bring up players from the other get, like 2018 or 19, 18, wasn't it, Mourinho? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, he scored against us uh, at a later date on a Tuesday night in York. Um, oh, I know
3: what you're going to say now.
2: James Barrett. Oh, yeah, Barrett, not Barrett, that's Ben. <laughs> Sorry, he's a, he, he's only bare gone. Bare and, uh, he's
1: only gone and done it.
3: Ah, oh.
1: Marcus Stewart star. <laughs> what, what,
3: did, what did I tell you? The young pretender. <laughs>
1: yeah, Coatesy has been dethroned, mm. which means that
3: was um, a, that was a that was a, a worthy adversary. That was. We went yeah, right yeah. down to the last one.
1: We did.
2: That was great. That was in true ACDC style, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not a tribute act. <laughs>
1: Well, well, hopefully I mean. the listeners will enjoy that quiz. Um I'm sure they'll be screaming. If anyone
3: got Ben uh, anyone got James Berrett? Congratulations,
1: <laughs> uh, Well done. Well well done for some of those ones on the bench. Um yeah. Uh uh Valiant losing effort, Coatesy. Hopefully you won't you take go. it to heart like Ben does. Um,
3: no. Does that mean we get Craigo back on now? It he does he got to defend
1: himself? It's the winner stays on rule. Um Yeah. So yeah. you could you could, you know you could make a name for yourself here. Yeah, just not those
2: player club uh, side so useless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you whitewashed me five 0 coach. When I was playing like on the record. I just yeah,
3: maybe yeah. Well, uh, maybe reality, we put, put him against audience... Barrett in the next one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go, Ben. When you listen to this tomorrow you've got a challenge uh, on whenever we choose to do this I think it'll be probably be next Thursday Um don't answer it Coates,
2: but just just the question just to you know just to throw it out there uh, we can reveal the real DC at a later date but do, do well maybe even Ian and Ben not necessarily just everyone listening do, do they know your true love team <laughs> I'm not even gonna
3: I'm not even gonna touch this <laughs> <word>. no <laughs> the play i i'll, I'll confess cuz we play him in a few weeks time the place yeah, of my the,
2: birth yeah the, the, there's a, there's a clue
3: yeah the place of my birth is oldershot in hampshire <sighs> so uh i lived there until i was 4 years old so uh i don't ever remember seeing oldershot town play <laughs> Apparently my uncle did take me to see oldershot fc play but i don't remember it so yeah trego <laughs> has found out this fact and has been Blackmailing me with it ever <laughs> since I found out. So, yeah. wow, well,
2: You've, um, you're a bit of a Michael McIndo, and you're a bit of a journeyman, though, aren't you?
3: What a player, though! I'd be Michael <laughs> mckindo Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. <laughs>
2: he, when you asked me the first question earlier, he's he's in that bracket with you know, Kevin Williams, the lot, Chris Cohen for me.
1: They're the they're like,
2: that, that's a midfield and half, isn't it?
1: Go for that. so let's finish off with your most underrated then.
2: Oh Christ, I, I, I've been trying to think of the yovel substitute. <laughs> <laughs> that probably was James, my mind game. Probably James Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> underrated. Oh, this is hard. Um even I do overrated.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: God. Um probably because of his versatility and just, you know, like early days of watching. Um, and he still was at the club up until like a few days ago. Um, crits, Nick Critton. That's one
3: yeah, that's yeah.
1: Yeah. I think crits often doesn't get forgotten about, but we always think about Super Gav and yeah. and forget how important Crits was even like the season before we went up and the season before that I think Dave Webb brought yeah. him in and he was yeah he was the immense. goal at Blackpool wasn't it yeah Ah, oh, yeah that was a great great it was almost like kicked it all off really Crits didn't he he was one of those signings that yeah was that worth the wait him? that one? was that a good answer in the end yes I think so Um, (laughs) (laughs) well the answers that counted were the ones that have seen you defeat Dave and uh, earn a place on the podcast next week to challenge Ben whether he wants it or not it's what's going to happen so thank you you don't do Thursdays
2: coach that's the mean that's the crux of it
1: (laughs) I'd say it's been a pleasure yeah yeah it's a bit late for you now isn't it Dave
3: (gasps) yeah exactly I've got my cocoa and my uh, nightcap on already yeah (laughs) 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you both for your time this evening really appreciate it and uh, we will catch up soon everyone cheers cheers and with a quick turn skipper Alex Dock slams it in there's
2: Lindergaard making back backpedal